2: Today, we're going to discuss how cloud computing integrates into your ad tech solutions. Joining us is Paul Ryan, who is the chief technology officer at OpenX, which is the world's largest independent ad exchange. OpenX enables brands and publishers to connect and market on the open web. And today, Paul and I are going to discuss why cloud technology supports the digital advertising industry holistically. Okay, here's my conversation with Paul Ryan, chief technology officer at OpenX. Paul, welcome to the MarTech podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Ben.
2: Very excited to have you on the show. You know, normally we interview marketers. You are not the CMO, you're the CTO, but you work at a marketing company, which makes you special in my eyes. Excited to talk a little bit about technology. Let's start off. Give me the rundown of what OpenX is and what does the chief technology officer do at that company?
1: So OpenX is a programmatic ad exchange. So we connect publishers, web publishers, mobile apps, CTV, folks that want to advertise and generate revenue with marketers, you know, brands, agencies, and through DSP or the demand side platforms like the Trade Desk and a variety of others. We offer a platform, obviously, the connections there and the high quality connections in terms of fraud reduction and what have you, but also privacy compliance and insight into actually the audiences that marketers are actually attempting to buy. We launched a product around a year ago called Open Audience, where we're enriching. We don't have a dog in the fight in terms of the identity wars, if you may have heard of what's going on and use my ID or use my ID to identify users. We're pretty agnostic there. So we have something called open audience where we use almost anyone's ID to actually identify and target audiences for marketers directly through the exchange, which is a heck of a lot more efficient than potentially doing it at the edges of the ecosystem.
2: Okay. So you're playing in the programmatic space. And as I mentioned before, you're a technologist, right? You're responsible for building products and making sure that, you know, the ad tech component, the connecting the demand and supply sides, that that actually works from a technical perspective. I want to talk to you today a little bit about cloud computing and ad tech. The title of this episode is Why Cloud Technology Supports the Digital Advertising Industry Holistically. Let's start off talking about cloud versus what is not cloud. Just give me an overview of what we're calling the cloud.
1: So most people refer to there's the public cloud, which would be the usual suspects, Amazon with AWS, Microsoft with Azure, and Google with GCP. So we're talking about publicly accessible compute networking and storage resources that you pay for on a per-use basis, okay? So you're transforming how you actually think about what you're doing into I'm doing more activity therefore I pay more. Right. When you're doing lower activity you actually pay less. And that's one of the key features of the cloud. You pay for what you use. And because of that, that combined with the fact that programmatic ad tech is incredibly bursty four or five times from peak to trough in terms of ad requests, bid requests going into DSPs, ad requests that we would get from our publisher network. It's very, very bursty. And the alternate to the cloud is what people say on-prem or on-premises. So if you have your own servers racked up and co-location facilities around the world, and you actually you have to buy the servers, configure them, manage them, maintain them, set up your networking, manage your networking and routers and all of that kind of stuff, that's basically the antithesis of kind of a cloud solution.
2: So what I'm hearing is cloud computing is essentially somebody else, you know, we're looking at Microsoft, Google, Amazon, they are basically owning servers that companies can tap into, and they're moving their business model in terms of paying for storage and processing power off of their premise, so they don't have to own the hardware, they don't have to manage it, but they are paying for, as you mentioned, the capacity every time an interaction happens, there is some cost associated with it. How is that better or worse? It seems like there's a little bit of a ad tech philosophy that you should own your servers and not be cloud hosted. Walk me through how those two jive with each other.
1: So if you own your own servers, let's say I'm very interested in launching a new product. And recently, OpenX, we've launched a variety of what I would call very complicated AI-based products to optimize the flow of requests through the exchange. Part of the SBO initiative that's happening a lot from the demand side. So we want to be an incredibly efficient exchange. So we built this model, which is extraordinarily complicated. We built it on top of the Google AI capabilities in GCP. So once we have the model, it probably would have taken us three to six months to buy the hardware to power it, get it up and running, and have it being useful in the exchange. After we finished the model, it took us two weeks to launch it into production. So there are attendant cost issues with the cloud. But with the cloud, your product development life cycle shrinks massively versus having to buy capacity for new things or squeeze in something new in a fixed amount of capacity you have. Because at any moment in time, if you own servers and co-locations around the world, you have a fixed amount of capacity at that moment. With the cloud, there is no fixed amount of capacity. If traffic doubles on me, We just scale up the number of instances, and it just works. So there's a whole huge amount of work that you don't have to do anymore, and you have to factor that in. You can focus more on the product development lifecycle, not fighting your servers.
2: So the benefit of being a cloud-based product is, first off, it eliminates your capacity constraints. You're faster to get to market you can handle bursts, right? If you're not seeing a lot of demand, you're hopefully having some cost savings. I know that there is a technical marketer or an engineer or another technologist that's sitting listening to this podcast that probably has a bunch of servers in their garage saying, no, 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 that's not the way. Is there security concerns or what's the drawback from being a cloud-based product?
1: There is a threshold where it starts becoming really economic to do. So I would agree with that statement. If you have a couple of servers in your house or in a, like a rack of servers in your a colo somewhere, the cloud is going to be a lot easier to use, and you can try new technology immediately. You don't have to wait to install stuff and figure out how it works and what have you. But all things being equal. Yeah, you'll probably be cheaper with your one rack of servers. OpenX had around 65,000 servers worldwide and five co-location facilities.
2: That sounds expensive.
1: Yes, very, very expensive. And then you're on, as a company, we were on that CapEx treadmill. Every year the servers got old and we had to refresh a certain fraction of them. So we were spending enormous amounts of cash buying servers. Now, Although that sounds like a lot of servers, in the grand scheme of things in the universe where the Amazons and the Google, Google actually builds all their servers, but the Amazons of the world would buy servers. They buy them in quantities of, oh, I don't know, a million. So you can understand you're not getting the greatest price for your 500 server per hardware purchase. Mm -hmm. So you're at an economic disadvantage in terms of actually getting great pricing. So all things being equal if you're not of a certain scale then it's kind of up to you i think there are huge benefits to the product development lifecycle by using the public cloud but if you want to use your own servers and spend what 20 30 40 percent of your time making sure they're working go ahead that's great i'd rather work on new products
2: a special thanks to our presenting sponsor mutinex ready to take your team from i think to i know So talk to me about why this affects marketing and marketers. It seems like a decision that OpenX made, obviously, to be more iterative, to be faster to market, cost savings. How does this trickle down into something that affects marketers?
1: You know, there's always that discussion marketers and publishers and everyone in the ecosystem has on what is a fair tax to actually process all these trillions of transactions, so we saw the actual volume of inbound requests growing at 100% year over year for the past three or four years. And then obviously with the COVID crisis, there's been a pretty remarkable bump in the amount of traffic that's being generated, albeit at not commensurate <laughs> rates of revenue. So we just saw this, we just had to keep getting more and more efficient.
2: Let me chime in and just make sure I understand what you're saying. Because I think that's important for marketers that During the COVID crisis, you saw more traffic, but you're seeing less monetization. You're seeing less revenue driven. That infers that there are more people using online services, consuming ads. There's less competition for people that are buying ads.
1: Or people have completely pulled. I mean, there's lots of uh, articles and material on people have pulled back their buys. Definitely in April, rebounding a bit in May and June. But the actual overall spend is down, but the volume is up. And when that occurs, you just have to get more efficient. Right. You have to have your cost per handling a transaction. We actually use cost per billion as our metric. And we have to keep driving that lower and lower going forward. It's much easier to do that by testing and trying new approaches to a platform in the cloud and see if they work and then put them into production. It's very quick. And so we've iterated on cost optimization over the past 12 months of being in GCP We've reduced our costs a tremendous amount per unit.
2: Okay. So double back to the question that I asked before, why does moving to the cloud matter for marketers?
1: Well, it matters because everyone wants to have access to the user interactions and those volumes monotonically increasing. They want to see them, but not necessarily bid on them and, and actually get somebody at that interaction. So we have to be able to support these volumes albeit there's duplicative things that are being addressed by the SBO initiatives.
2: SBO initiatives?
1: SBO is supply path optimization. Mm-hmm. So from the demand side and from the marketer's side, people are choosing paths to the actual publisher and end user, that makes sense. The ecosystem as it is now has many paths from the actual marketer to the actual user on a website or in an application. And so the applications and the websites themselves might use two or three different paths to offer that inventory. So that's multiplying the inventory and that happens at multiple layers through the ad tech ecosystem or the programmatic ecosystem. So by the time it hits the marketers, it's the same person in the same page view and you might get solicited 10 times for it just because of all these other paths. So supply path optimization is an attempt from the marketer and from the demand side to make those paths a little bit simpler so you understand them. And then frankly, you don't have to handle you know 10 looks at every impression, which is obviously incredibly inefficient from a cost point of view for all the intermediaries and as well as the demand side platforms. So SPO, everyone's trying to reduce this multiplicative nature of what's going on in programmatic. And you should care because unless people are investing in radical ways to reduce their costs, they're not going to be able to survive nor offer marketers a fair deal in the SPO universe.
2: What I'm hearing is, you know, let's think pre-map technology, you're looking at a paper map and there's five different ways to get to your end destination. You have to figure out which one is actually going to be the fastest, most efficient. You have to look at the speed limits. You have to look at what roads you're taking, how much traffic there is. That's not calculated for you in the programmatic advertising. Mm -hmm.
1: And all of the ways could have different characteristics. One has a higher viewability. One has a higher ROI when you start tracking it. So that's the next frontier of efficiency in kind of the spend. So given that you want to be working with folks that are somewhat on the forefront of trying to drive down the costs and not bother you with people or potential impressions that you're really not interested in. So you want to work with highly automated platforms that are using very, very large machine learning models to like call out stuff you don't want. That's kind of the one basic enabler we've had in the public cloud. And similar things are available in AWS as well. But in GCP specifically, we've had tremendous success at building models that we couldn't even dream of putting in production on-prem with a certain number of servers. That are incredibly accurate in predicting which requests we should send, which requests we shouldn't, which requests does somebody really want.
2: So I guess the last question I have for you is there's seems like there's three dominant players in cloud computing. When you're building products, I'm imagining that you looked at Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. Talk to me a little bit about the differences between the three providers.
1: There's a scale difference. So Amazon's been in the public cloud space for a very long time. I've used them several times in my career at this point. They're a great product, very stable, huge footprint worldwide. And as the dominant player, you know, more than 50% of the marketplace, they're somewhat flexible in dealing with companies in terms of pricing and negotiations and stuff like that. So in the process we went through for OpenX, we actually did a POC on all three. Just as key parts of our platform to see how they would work and scale in different clouds. And we came up with a conclusion that the basic capabilities were all there. You know, there was more familiarity with AWS, to be honest, because everyone's used it at some point. But then we started negotiating pretty heavily and ended up with a longer term partnership with Google. And frankly, it hinged on a lot of the capabilities that we're using today with respect to their TensorFlow infrastructure. And frankly, you know, it's obviously always a cost decision as well. Okay.
2: So it sounds like the products are relatively similar between Google and Amazon. You were able to negotiate a better deal with Google, and that's why you chose... Well, and
1: for a variety of other reasons, like certain capabilities that we were much more comfortable with. So right. I don't want to get too nuts and bolts on it, but certain things that Google is put out in the open source world that everyone's starting to use. And it's good to work with the people that are doing that. And
2: where does Microsoft fit into the comparison?
1: Azure works, and it's there's nothing wrong with the platform per se. It's just we're a pretty large customer and a consumer of resources. So for Amazon, we were kind of a run-of-the-mill large customer. For Google, we were a pretty big customer. And for Azure, they had never seen a customer that had our requirements. So... It's really about how much money you're going to be spending a year if you just want to scale it that way. If you're spending like a million, two million bucks a year on public cloud, all three of them will work for you fine. But that's a deal for kind of the Azure slash Amazon, I would say. If you're really talking about spending a lot more than that, and it was public knowledge. We committed to 110 over five years, so around 20 plus million a year then that implies a huge amount of resources. And so we're a little bit more worried about not being a typical customer with Azure.
2: Okay. Well, Paul, I appreciate you walking us through some of the nuts and bolts of cloud computing and wide impacts marketers. We're going to bring you back tomorrow and talk a little bit more about some of the bidding mechanisms and some of the tactics you can optimize getting into programmatic advertising. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Paul Ryan, Chief Technology Officer at OpenX, for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Paul and I are going to discuss why pre-bid should be top of mind for publishers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Paul, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His company's handle is OpenX, O-P-E-N, the letter X. Or you can visit his company's website, which is OpenX.com.